0: All right, we're talking about busts on today's episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. And I swear it is just a coincidence that Chris Towers wasn't here for sleepers or breakouts, but he is here for busts. That is not a reflection of how we feel about
1: Chris Towers. Welcome, Chris Towers. You know, I've been trying to slim down, Adam, and I'm I'm not a fan <laughs> of you... uh, Making this connection.
0: <laughs> well, we we welcome you back. We missed you uh, earlier this week. This will be our final episode of the week, but we'll come back with three more next week. And we're going to do a pretty cool team preview episode on Fantasy Baseball today. Also, it has been brought to my attention that some people have been emailing baseball at cbseye.com. Uh, again, our email address is baseball at cbsi, as in interactive, cbsi, the letter i, dot com. So please... Send your emails in there and don't, uh, don't be afraid to put baseball podcast or something like that in there. Would be helpful. Heath and Scott, good morning to you. So yesterday you told us the breakouts that you had in common. Guys like Alex Bregman. Give me a, a bust or two that
2: you agree on, that you both think are busts this year. I think there are only two. And, uh, they are Marcelo Ozuna and Ryan Braun.
3: Okay. Hmm. That Uh-oh. makes sense. Um, Marcelo Zuna is coming off his career year. Uh One of the three categories that I used for my best call on this year is don't chase career years. And Marcelo Zuna was a Braves rival on the Marlins. <laughs> and so Scott was predisposed to dislike him. Right, And <laughs> so be. we we both have our reasons for disliking no. Marcelo Zuna. No. Ryan Braun is old, it. injury-prone. His ceiling... Now is 140 games, I feel, in my opinion. And the floor is career ending injury. So for Ozuna, the reason I am
2: skeptical, and he's one of those players who, you know, probably the word bust is too strong, just he's going to be overdrafted. Uh, the Babip for him last year was 355. It was the highest of his career. It was, in my mind, unsustainable. Although, you know, he's a guy who could do 320, 330. That's possible. But 355 isn't going to happen again. And also, his home run to fly ball rate was the highest of his career by a considerable margin, 23.4. He's he's one of those guys who managed to hit a home run, a lot of home runs, despite not having a very high fly ball rate. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the bottom's going to fall down either of those areas. He might, you know, hit 280 instead of 312. He might hit... Uh, 31 home runs instead of 37. But I, I think that player is going to be a disappointment for where you're going to have to draft him. And then Braun, the the the, the durability, the health at his age, the fact that even when he's healthy, he sits like one every five days, yep. gives him it, – it creates – there's such a high threshold to meet offensively if you're sitting that often. And the way his fly ball rate has declined – over the last five years. Like you can't count on him for a big home run total when he's playing either. And
3: we saw it last year. You know, um, all three of the fan projections have Ozuna hitting round 285 five, two ninety with 29 to 31 home runs. So they're all thinking the same thing as well. What I think might be um, not being discussed is Marcelo is going to be in a worse offense this year. I expect his run production numbers to suffer. Well, come on.
1: Yes. He Real. is. Well, he's, he's definitely not going to drive in 130 runs or whatever. He 124
3: from last, year. last um, year with 93 runs scored.
1: Yeah, I would he, expect...
3: There's no John Carlos Stanton in the Cardinals lineup.
2: There is no John Carlos Stanton in the Cardinals lineup, but didn't I'm not
1: sure there's a Christian Yelich. Hey, hang, hang on, cuz I I'm... mean, no, the, the top of the Marlins lineup last season was very good. He won't But have the D- Cardinals lineup was there good were, last season. But there year, were a too. lot of, there were a lot of problems with the Marlins, but the Cardinals aren't going to have a top of the lineup that can compare to D. Gordon, Christian Yalich, John Carlo actually D. Gordon, John Carlos Stanton, Christian Yalich Marcelo Zuna, Justin Bohr. So
2: last year Miami was eleventh in runs scored, and St. Louis was thirteenth. I mean, I, I don't think I, I think you're overstating the difference in the I lineup. think the
3: Cardinals lineup was much deeper, but the areas where the Cardinals lineup was better than the Marlins does not affect Marcelo Zuna.
1: Yeah. The Marlins lineup was incredibly top heavy. Well, if Tommy Whereas, Pham like, is good, if Matt Carpenter bounces back, like the
0: Cardinals always have a, have a solid offense. offense.
1: Like but you know, 100-100's
0: not completely out of the question if he plays 155 games or so. I think so. it's
3: very unlikely.
0: 95-95, is that?
3: My expectation would be closer to 85-85. Maybe 85-95. Oh,
0: well, that's, that's a pretty big drop. 85 yeah, I could runs. I see him
1: driving in 100 runs.
0: Okay. Uh and then so so he was top five outfielder, Marcelo Zuna last year. So if we just, nobody's going to draft him as such. He went, uh, let's see. He went 46th overall in the roto five outfielder draft that we just did. Too high. Too high. 46th overall.
3: Too high. The next, yeah, it's th- too high. The next outfielder. Not by much,
0: but some. The next outfielder was Tommy Pham and then Justin Upton.
2: So like when you put it in those terms, it doesn't feel that high. Well, I'd like Pham more. Um, Upton, I think Upton's also on my bust list, so I don't know that he's a good one to compare Ozuna against. Okay. I like
3: Upton and Vanmore.
2: Okay,
0: uh, and then it's, let's see where Braun went real quick. Braun went with the second-to-last pick of round eight in a twelve-team league. So that's what ninety-fourth
3: or something like that overall. It's about uh, right. It's a little too high for my liking, but it's about right.
0: Man, two picks after Miguel Sano. I want Miguel Sano so much more than I want Ryan Braun. I know they play different positions, but those were the those two hit. So the three hitters taken at the end of round eight were Sano, Braun, and Joey Gallo. How would you rank them? Just forgetting about position, Sano, Braun, Gallo.
1: Sano, Gallo, Braun.
2: Uh, I'm I'm actually looking at my rankings here. So I have I actually have Braun the highest of three. Wow.
3: I actually oh, do nope, too. I don't.
2: I have Sano the highest of the three.
3: But I have all three of them within ten spots in my top three hundred. So that's like they should be going together. I just think there's probably people that should have gone in front of them. Interesting.
0: So you're not that excited because I'm kind of excited about Sano. You're you're not.
2: Um, I w- I was going to say no, I'm not, but I do have him fifteen spots ahead of Ryan. <laughs> I have him eighty-six. So um
1: But you're decidedly unexcited about Ryan Braun. Yes.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I have Braun on my bus list, I don't have Snow on my bus list. I I think I don't think I'm going to have many shares in Sano because I think there will be enough like you, Adam, who are genuinely excited about him. Um I think there are still a lot of question marks there, but he he has he has that kind of exceptional bad Ball profile that can overcome a crazy high strikeout rate, sort of like Aaron Judge did last year. I'm not saying he could be Aaron Judge, but um, he could uh, he could alleviate my concerns the way Judge did.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I could see him being Aaron Judge this year. He's no, there's no way he could be Aaron Judge last year, but I could see him and Aaron Judge having oh, okay. very similar
2: season. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I didn't get what you meant by that at first. I just,
1: I like, don't... Judge will steal a few more bases, but it's not like he's a huge so, difference so maker the there. So worst,
2: the worst form of Judge that you're expecting this year is what you think Sano could be?
1: I think, realistically, I, Judge, I think, is a better player, but it's mostly just because he walks more. Um, I think they're very similar, though. And Sano, so, if, like...
2: If Sano was producing like Judge did last year, there's a good chance he'd walk like that too, because he's not a bad walker at all.
1: Yeah, and I I also I will say I think there's a pretty good chance that Sano's worse than he was last year. Yes. Okay.
3: He's a high variance. Yeah, I think Sano is in that group of hitters that could hit fifty home runs this year. Absolutely. Um and so I'm not going to say that he couldn't have an Aaron Judge career in his year. He will have um (laughs) he'll have a worse batting average. But we knew Judge's batting average wasn't real last year anyway. Yeah. Um So I don't know. I'm probably too low on him. I think I'm, I'm going to put him on the list to move Miguel Sano up.
0: All right. Hey, good stuff. So out of talking about busts, we've uh, talked about Miguel Sano, who we don't think will be a bust. But we'll talk. We'll obviously uh, more on him a little bit later. And what we really need when we do our bust list, not later today, later in the off season. Um, what we really need when we do a bust list is ADP. Okay, because Look, if if Ryan Braun is going a hundredth overall or around there, then maybe he's not necessarily a bust. If you're still drafting him in like the sixth round because you think he's going to be great, then he's probably a bust. So we'll see where these guys end up going, and, and we will adjust sleepers, breakouts, and busts accordingly. Before we get into more of them and the Hall of Fame news, let's uh, read a few quick emails at fantasy baseball at CBSI as an I Love You Everybody. dot com. Uh Dear Non-Zero Chance This is from Dan in Toronto Non-Zero Chance is our band name if we had a band I've been loving the keeper content you've been adding to the site Scott's keeper rankings are especially useful And I hope, and, you know, because you do the dynasty stuff And I hope we get to hear a mock keeper draft during the preseason Anyway, last year I managed to get Hoskins I've been thinking about offering Hoskins for Devers Who do you think is the better long-term keeper? Reese Hoskins or Raphael Devers?
2: Devers Devers um and you know I love Reese Hoskins. And mm-hmm. and act, actually Heath does too. He actually ranks Hoskins higher than I do. But um Devers has that combination of skill, youth, and upside that you know could make him a top five player in fantasy someday. And while I, I think Reese Hoskins ceiling is more kind of like, you know, Edwin Encarnacion Aaron Judge. Uh, no, not Aaron <laughs> Judge. Um so, you know, it's, it's the difference between, I think one has first round upside. I think one has second round upside. And I, and, and Devers being with the one with the, uh, better pedigree, I, I think makes him a better probability. Yeah. Uh, and he's younger. Too.
1: He's like three years younger too. It's right. an interesting, it's an interesting one for me because I, I think Reese Hoskins is likely to be better this year for, I, I would say the near future. I don't know if it's just this year, the next two or three years. We've seen. Can take a little while. Like, Raphael Devers has like the possibility of being Bryce Harper. But Bryce Harper took four years to be Bryce Harper. Like yeah. there's a chance that Rafael Devers is just pretty good for a few years.
0: All right. Well there is a chance. Well, Chris, what do you say? I mean they they just give me a one word answer. Devers or who would you rather have in a long term keeper league? Devers or Hoskins? Hoskins. All right, all right. So the it's future's two, uncertain. Two Devers, one Hoskins. Uh this is Pat from somewhere in Maryland. Says, dear Wade, Bruce, Tony, and
1: Clark. Oh no, those are superheroes. <laughs> are they? Wait, who the hell is Wade? Is that the the, the Green Lantern? Yes.
0: Oh, okay. It is. Uh, I love emails where people don't know that Heath's name begins with an H. I have heard it's he- not the Green Lantern. I have heard Keith talk a lot about Cesar Hernandez, but what about the prospects for Scott Kingery for this season?
1: So that is the question. With Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah, <laughs> there Next are Keith. Wade Wilson. He was the Cowboys quarterback. <laughs> Wade Phillips. Oh well, no, um, Wade Wilson, the quarterback,
2: quarterback, not coach. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, go ahead, Chris. There, the the Phillies actually have. You know, we we expect J.P. Crawford to start the season in the majors, right? Yeah. They have a number of guys who are knocking on the door that could really change the way their team looks. Um. It's going to be really interesting, but I I can't imagine. And this is a this is a, a hot topic in the office. Um, the Cesar Hernandez thing. I can't imagine Cesar Hernandez just isn't going to play somewhere. What a lame like, office we have! My goodness. Well, yeah. <laughs>
2: Cesar Hernandez is. Uh, He's a very
1: controversial an, an player. To discuss Water cooler.
2: No, I I agree. Like I'm not high on Cesar Hernandez for fantasy purposes, but I agree. He, you know, he's been a 370 on-base guy the last couple years. He, he is a reg. He, he needs to be a regular for someone, even if it's not the Phillies. I do think Kingery has more upside. He was a 2020 guy in the minors last year, uh, unexpected power breakthrough. Um, but it's I, it, you know, it, it's kind of like what we were dealing with with Reese Hoskins versus Tommy, uh, Tommy Joseph last
3: year, where except Cesar Hernandez is better than Tommy Joseph.
2: Well, we didn't know that at the time. More established, I, it, it's it's yeah. certainly proven to be true as last year played out. But we Reese Hoskins, we assumed wasn't going to be able to play anywhere else but first base. He didn't in the minors. I think he came to the majors, and that's when he started playing outfield. Um, so he was blocked for much longer than he should have been. I think the same thing's going to be true of Kingery, and I'm not super excited about him for single season league.
0: Okay, here's an email from Oh, what's your stupid name? Wow. I don't have it. No name, no city. Uh, I'll I'll try to look it up, but it's a it's a, gonna take a little while. We'll actually we'll try to do this quickly. So he's first of all he says, "Dear Will, Evan, David, and Ben, the names in the list at the beginning are all pertaining to the only MLB team location name that is not named after a city or state." Huh? What? Shouldn't? Oh, we, Tampa we Bay, should. Tampa Bay, Myers, Tampa. Lund- Bay a- no, it's Tampa not. Tampa is a city. No, no Tampa a city. is a city.
3: Tampa. Bay Will Myers, Evan
0: Longoria, David Price. I don't like that. Ben Zobrist.
1: <laughs> I got Evan it. Longoria.
0: Okay, I finished it out. I finished. it. You guys were talking. I, I already solved the the
1: mystery.
2: All right, so we call it Tampa Bay. So Saint Petersburg feels included.
1: Mm. <laughs> Everybody's which Obviously, obviously kind of like the New play, England Patriots. They play in Saint
2: Petersburg. Okay.
0: Okay, mystery solved. So anyway, um, he says, "I want to play a game." With Officer McLean. So do I. We always discuss breakouts and sleepers. My question is, which already relevant players have the greatest potential to become top three at their respective position? I went to the Fantasy Pros rankings and sorted out each position by ADP so far. I've compiled players six through ten on each list for each position. Of these five players from each position, which one has the greatest potential to be top three by the end of 2018? So I'm just gonna ask you guys to give names and not spend much time debating, or cause this could be an entire show. So here we go. <laughs> of these five, who has the best chance of being top three? This one's easy. Gaddis, Zanino, Castillo, Ramos, Molina.
3: I have Gaddis ranked top three, so I'll take him. Gaddis. He's not in my top three, but I'll take him too. Alright, Gaddis is the answer.
0: Uh, first base, Abreu. And this is, remember, this is Fantasy Pros ADP 6 through 10 at the position. Abreu, Encarnacion, Will Myers, Hoskins, Miguel Cabrera.
1: This one's much harder. I'm gonna go with Reese Lightning. I'm gonna go with Encarnacion, although I wanted to go with Miguel Cabrera.
2: Yeah, those were the three I was debating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean Hoskins too.
0: Okay. Uh, second base, Daniel Murphy, Cano, Scope, Segura,
2: Merrifield. Merrifield. Is it Pointer Roto? Oh, sorry, Murphy.
3: Yeah, I was like, what, Merrifield? Yeah.
2: I'll say Murphy. Murphy. But Maryfield Murphy.
3: could, too. So could Segura and Roto. Eh.
0: Cano did I it agree? just two years ago. Cano two years ago. Scope last year, I think, right? Cano yeah, longer.
3: Cano longer.
0: All right, uh, shortstop. Bogarts, Andrews, Story, Didi, Addison Russell. Andrews. Bogarts.
1: Andrews. Bogarts on Scott's bus list. We'll talk about that. I mean, a- Andrews was the number one shortstop last year, right? He was.
2: Yep. He has been several times.
1: And Bogarts
3: so,
0: was two years ago? Three years ago, I think he was number one. Two years ago, I think he was number two.
3: So, <laughs> wait, Bogarts? <laughs> you know works Bogarts? For
0: Bo- okay, so, so that is uh, among players who are currently shortstop eligible. And when Bogarts was the number one shortstop two years ago, like, it was a much, much worse position. Or three years ago. Whatever that was. I will, I will double check that, Scott. Cause you sound dubious. You're right. I
1: believe you. You're right.
0: I'm right. Yeah. 2015, yeah. he was the number one short. So here's something about shortstops. He scored 6.5 more fantasy points in 2015 than he scored in 2017, Xander Bogarts. And he was number one in 2015, number six in 2017. So it's just a yeah. much, much better position than it was as probably most positions are. Well, it was Sunday a better position
3: days. last year than it will be this year because Machado is not shortstop anymore. Uh
0: But he's not counted in this, actually, because I only counted players who are currently shortstop eligible. That's uh, what You
2: should have left Segura out at second base then because he's only shortstop eligible.
0: Well, no, no, no. He's only – okay, what I mean by this, when I say that Xander Bogarts was the number one shortstop in fantasy two, three years ago, And the number two shortstop in fantasy two years ago. It's among eligible, currently eligible shortstop players. Exactly. It is among the the current field of shortstop. And that is, I do that because that's what the CBSSports.com leagues do. So, you know, when you look in your league page on this, in your league on the stats page, that's how it sorts it. I hope that's clear. All right, anyway, third base. Best chance to finish top three. Rendon,
1: Bregman, Turner, Seager, Shaw, you guys are going to say Bregman. The answer is Rendon.
2: The answer is Rendon. The answer is, Don't Tra- the answer is Travis him. Shaw.
3: Is it really, Heath? The no. answer is Travis Shaw. He had a fantastic year last year, and he wasn't even good at Miller Park. Okay. You like Shaw more than Rendon. You have Shaw
2: ranked ahead of Rendon? No.
3: Okay. I've got him back-to-back.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, the answer to outfield is what? Aaron Judge, uh, Mart- Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Springer, Marte. Marte is ninth in ADP. Wow. And Upton. Judge Martinez, Springer, Marte, Upton.
1: J.D. Martinez. That is the correct answer. Yeah. What's more Um, likely?
3: I'm going to say Aaron Judge.
1: Judge, J.D. Martinez was better than Aaron Judge last year on a per-game basis. So what's more likely? Judge has another season like that or Martinez stays healthy? I think Martinez staying healthy is more Martinez didn't have a team. He's got to find a team first. Well, neither neither of them are going to have as good of a season as they had last year. That's also true. Like, like not... JD, Martinez. J.D. Martinez's season was less of an outlier for his career than Aaron Judge's was. Aaron, well, Aaron, Judge, Aaron Judge has a two-year to, career. Like he have a career. He had a better season last year than he ever had in the minors. That That's... usually doesn't happen. He was also a lot better well, than J.D. Often, Martinez. That
3: often happens, <laughs> especially in today's My, minor league numbers.
2: Minor league numbers are partic- are
1: not uh, underplay players' power quite frequently. Yeah, I mean there's there's to an extent, but I the extent to which he outperformed his minor league numbers is pretty ridiculous.
2: I, I do think there are clearer warning though. signs for Judge than Martinez. Yeah, and so. since we're
0: on the topic of bus, like i is anybody putting Judge on
1: their
3: bus list? Sounds like Chris is. Maybe I mean I should. If,
1: if either of these guys had any courage or conviction, were, <laughs> I'm not putting together a bus list so I can just take shots at other people. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think he's a very good bust candidate. He's going to be someone who is going to be drafted in the second round, pretty much across the board, and could be a first rounder in some leagues if people get excited. Yep, I think I'm in the first round. There's a ton of risk in Aaron Judge's profile. There's a like, ton of risk in JD Martinez's profile. He's played more than 130 games once in his career. Sure. And last year he like broke his foot in spring training. Maybe that happens again. But I think it's a lot more likely that he just doesn't suffer a random injury than like. Like Giancarlo Stanton last year. He just didn't suffer. It's not like J.D. Martinez has a bunch of – has one injury that just keeps holding him out. It tends to be different things every year. He just doesn't get hurt, and you're talking about a first-rounder. Aaron Judge needs to do stuff that, like, has been done once or twice in Major League history by him. Yes, one time. Okay, but, like, so it's
0: (laughs) – the thing about Judge, the only reason why he was like a huge outlier was batting average. Maybe he's not going to hit 52 home runs. Is that what he hit? But he could, he could easily. He's got the most power in baseball other than Stanton, right? So, yeah, probably. So Judge is is going to be among the home run leaders. But I really fear that he could hit 240, 250. If, if he hits 260, we're in a lot of trouble
3: with with Aaron Judge. I don't think if he hits 260 we're in any trouble. I at think
0: all. we are because I showed, I went through the data. It is hard to be. A top right. fifteen hitter. It's it's impossible. He can't be a top five hitter. I don't. I really don't think he'd be a top five hitter. In, if in if he hits,
2: a top five outfielder, no
0: hitter, hitter. If he hits two sixty, it's just go through the list every year. It just doesn't happen. I, I I will try to double check that. But last year there were like two guys. I think it was Dozier and Mookie Betts who hit like around two sixty and finished as top fifteen hitters. Encarnacion was like right around there, I believe. It just it just doesn't happen. Batting average is really important, and
1: Judge's and, batting average is way too I high mean, last year. Yeah, and there's just as good a chance he hits 220 as he hits 260. Ah, uh, 220. Yeah, I don't agree. With seems kind of low. I mean, but, the floor for Judge is probably
2: Joey Gallo. But but um, here's
0: the thing about JD Martinez. Like he hit 45 home runs last year, like, in 119 games, <laughs> he slugged 690. So you
1: said he's a first round pick, Chris. If he if he plays a full season. I don't know that he's ever been that. So, but that's only cuz he's never played 100. He played 158 games once in 2015. He was probably pretty close.
0: Yeah, I guess we should check that. So, 2015, he batted 282 with
1: 38 homers, 102 RBIs. Let me look up where J.D. Martinez finished. Like since his breakout, he's hitting 300 with a 940 OPS for his well, over the last 4 seasons. Uh, he's averaged 40 homers per 162 games, 110 RBI, 95 runs. Now, it's going to depend a little bit on where he ends up. But this is one of the five or six best hitters in baseball. Well,
0: I'm going to tell you this: it's not going to not going to make you happy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was the number nine outfielder in okay. points leagues that year with a great year. I will look up where
2: he was in Roto, but I, I mean, kind of getting back to your original point, Adam. Like JD JD Martinez has been a a high end hitter for four years now. Mm-hmm. But last year he it clearly was on a, mm-hmm. a level he had never seen before. Six ninety slugging percentage. His yep. previous high was five fifty three. I'm definitely
1: jump. not expecting that. Right. Yeah. I think like if you wanted to take his four year average for the last
3: four years, I think that's like nine thirty six ops. That's
1: yeah. So a fine So his
0: best season, JD Martinez, his best season: two eighty two batting average, thirty eight home runs, one hundred and two RBIs. His best full season played one hundred fifty eight games. Number nine outfielder in points. Number seven in Roto. Now, we, there's evidence to suggest that he's going to hit close to 300. He batted 282
1: that year. Like, uh, that was but the, everything would have was to come together. Best and worst season. That, uh, in a way, yeah. yeah. Everything would have if to come together. It his worst rate stat season. It just was the one year
0: he stayed healthy. And Judge, like, if Judge is going late in the second round, which is where he's gone in, in our mocks, because, you know, the industry people feel that way about him, then I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bust. But I exactly. think people are going to take him in the first round. Well, I he, did
2: he, the first draft we did with Heath cuz you know he was he was neck deep in football when we did those November and December drafts. Um yeah, he took Judge, what, 12th pick? 12th pick, first, so end of first round. Judge and Scherzer. Judge.
0: And I will also say that Judge will definitely be better in OBP leagues, so keep that in mind. If you substitute OBP for batting average, right? We all agree there. Uh yeah, yes. oh yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, news and notes and we'll get we'll finish off with the busts. Uh, Chipper Jones, Jim Thome, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman—all elected to the Hall of Fame. Chipper Jones and Ken Griffey Jr. are the only number one overall draft picks to become Hall of Famers. That's kind of a shocking stat. Uh,
2: but yeah, uh, yeah, Base- baseball draft historically hasn't been very good at um, sequencing talent, in, right. in part because the rules until recently didn't encourage it, and the draft's relatively new, right? It's been around since the '60s.
3: Yeah, so and we've got some more coming. I hope so. Number one overall picks that are going to be,
1: well, yeah, Matt Bush. We'll get in eventually, <laughs> yes. Um, Wait, was Bonds number one? No. I don't think so, was he? Actually, he probably was. I'm not sure. Because he was drafted twice. I think he was like a first-round pick two different times.
2: Uh Okay. Yeah, he went to college. I, I mean, Alex Rodriguez is a former number one overall. Who knows if he'll get in because of... Weird things. Barry Bonds was the sixth overall pick in 1985. Hmm. Shame on those five teams <laughs> who
3: passed it up. It seems like we've gotten better at the number one overall thing in the last 10 years.
2: Well, like I said, the rules didn't encourage you. Right. To, like, there there was there was financial issues that um, made it so you didn't necessarily – like, strategically, teams wouldn't want to take the best player. And and some of that still goes on now, but not to near the extent it used to.
0: Strategy. Okay. Uh, Michael Fulmer and Victor Martinez are expected to be ready for the start of spring training. Fulmer recovering from elbow surgery. Victor Martinez recovering from surgery for an irregular heartbeat. 12-team league, just give me a round. Where do you want to draft Michael Fulmer?
3: He was
2: on my bust list. I will not be drafting him. 15? Um... Michael uh wait, Michael Fulmer among pitchers, no, we just, want to what drive round around. What round round, um maybe like maybe like thirteen,
0: okay, and no Victor Martinez, nope, no, nope. okay, and someone drove their car onto the field of dreams in Iowa, vandalized it, oh, and
2: uh, that just gives me an opportunity
0: to say that uh one of the most disappointing movies I ever watched, Field of Dreams. Total Man, claim.
2: we are, we are simpatica <laughs> with the movies here. I, I, I think Field of Dreams is fairly overrated. It's, uh, yeah,
3: I mean, it's not as overrated as like something like Moneyball. Oh, I like Moneyball. It's it, not
1: the worst. He's, he's not he's the just most saying over- that because he knows Moneyball it's not is my favorite baseball movie. movie. No, you know, he, he's, he's the most overrated baseball movie. No, he's the troll. The Natural is the most overrated baseball movie. I agree. The Natural is better than Field of Dreams.
0: Yeah, I, no. I agree. I think the natural is better than Field of Dreams, but I also think it is overrated. But
2: it's not
3: it as is.
0: overrated as Field of Dreams.
2: I I I enjoy Field
1: of Dreams to some extent. It's a, I I it's don't enjoy movie. the natural. It's got good performances. The cast is great. It's likable. It's just not like. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's the movie that like men who are afraid of their feelings are like. Except for that one. That's the one that I'm allowed to cry in. <laughs> yeah. Sir, uh, yeah, it's like not that. even the
3: best Kevin Costner baseball movie.
1: I mean, that's there's a lot of competition there. Mm,
0: the Postman. Yes, good one. All right, and uh time to tell you about some other podcasts. Hope you didn't listen to the SportsLine DFS podcast yesterday. It was a rare rare bad day, but I got to tell you the advice that Heath and Mike McClure give very very good. And uh, I've been using it on FanDuel and DraftKings and we win a lot. So uh, we give lineups and we go through the lineup construction process. So if you want to make your own lineup, you can just listen to the advice and, you know, pick and choose what you'd like to use. Sportsline DFS Podcast. And all of our podcasts are listed on cbssports.com slash podcast with some subscribing options. You can also search Google Play for our podcasts. But, uh, iTunes Stitcher, tune in right there on cbssports.com slash podcast. We've got the Pick Six Podcast, which is NFL. Uh, we've got a great college basketball podcast with Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander. It's one of our most popular ones. Check it out, cbsports.com slash podcast. So, don't have as much time today for the busts, uh, as we did for breakouts and sleepers. We already talked about some busts and, uh, had some good debates today. But let's do the, let's do, see if we can get to all eight guys that we were planning on getting to. And I guess we'll just go a little faster today, guys. So let's start with one bust for Scott White. And that is, uh, Xander Bogarts, who was, Sixth in points, 13th in Roto amongst shortstop-eligible players last year. And, again, that's players who are currently eligible at shortstop. So sixth in points, 13th in Roto. Why the difference? I, I'm speculating it was because a lot of the shortstops got hurt last year. Um, so he had the seventh most of the back, bats amongst shortstops. Bogarts did not get hurt. He played 148 games. Uh, that's why he was so much better in points than Roto. But, Scott, you know, look, a lot of people, I think I took him in that Roto draft uh, that we did on Tuesday. Bogarts, I it went in the seventh round to me. I still think uh, there's upside there and, and potential. that you, do you think otherwise? I don't want to put words in your mouth uh, for Xander Bogarts.
2: I mean, maybe, but he'll have to change. Uh, he'll have to change his batted profile to to make the most of that. I I, if, I wouldn't have to call him a bust if people readjusted their expectations based on the way last year went. You may remember. Last year, I was calling Xander Bogarts a bust. I feel like it was validated. It was. just he got hit in the hand with a pitch. And, and yet here he is, getting his his uh his consensus ranking on Fantasy Pros is 55th overall. So people are still drafting him like he's a stud shortstop. Xander Bogarts has had two good years, um, you know where he performed like a high end shortstop. You mentioned the 2015, 20 2016, right? Mm-hmm. One of them was driven by a 372 BABIP that was in 2015. The other was driven by a completely out-of-character home run to fly ball rate. He had 20 yeah. home runs that year. If you look at the last four years, the, the BABIP in 2015 is an outlier. The home run to fly ball rate in 2016 is an outlier. He doesn't excel at either of those things. He just happens to have... Um, you know, there happened to be outlier seasons in those areas, those two particular years, and it and it, it was enough for him to stand out at a weak position.
1: Devil's avocado, Scott. <laughs> Devil's avocado. Where? Why was Dallas Keuchel bad in 2016? Uh, because he was hurt. Why did he struggle in the second half last season? Because he was hurt. Do you have Dal- Do you have this. Dallas Keuchel on your bus list this year? I don't. The year he was really good, the year he won the Cy Young, unsustainable ERA that was inflated by a great defense behind Deflated. him, and a 2.69 BABIP. Last season, 2.56 BABIP. The year he was bad in 2016, he had a very normal 3.04 BABIP. His career line is 2.91. So the years Dallas Keuchel has been really good has been fueled by unsustainable outlier skill sets. The years that we give him a pass for, it's because he was injured. Xander Bogarts, quote: "We thought it was going to get better. His left thumb; he couldn't swing a bat for th- for two months. We thought it was going to get better, and it didn't. And then I played through the pain. I know I made a mistake. I probably shouldn't have played."
2: Okay, here's the problem with that, because because people fired back at me with Twitter. Oh, it's because he got hit on the wrist in in you know midseason.
1: Well, he <laughs> jammed his thumb in April, and then got hit. He was hurt all year. <laughs> Throw the whole. But no, I'm not people, necessarily. Some people with you. tried to tell me
2: that. Oh, he was doing great until he got hit by a pitch mid-season. He was. He had two home runs on June 17th. He had a total of two home runs, two and a half months into the season. Yeah, he was hitting 311, but it was with the 372 Babbitt that uns, that same unsustainable number he had in 352. What happened to him in the second half was no, was regression to the mean. Says okay. you. He, says, I'm just, I'm he just said just was out. hurt. He I'm says he was hurt, hurt but it was worth, going
1: to happen anyway. I think it's worth pointing out that we tend to be inconsistent. We tend to pick and choose when we give players credit for injuries impacting their Christmas. performance yeah. and when we don't. I, 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 I don't think that's true. we're not going to give Xander Bogart to that credit— we should probably not do the same for Dallas Dallas Keuchel has true. things he's the best at in all the majors. Mm-hmm. Xander
2: Bogarts doesn't stand out in anything. I'm not sure he's above average in anything.
3: Uh, well, he's an above average shortstop. He had a bad year last year, and he was the number six shortstop in points leagues. I have him ranked as the number six shortstop in points leagues. That makes him, for me, a fifth or sixth round pick.
0: Okay. Would you guys take Elvis Andrews or Xander Bogarts? Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Xander Bogarts. <laughs>
3: Okay. Uh,
2: Didi Agorius or Xander Bogarts? Xander Bogarts. I would take Xander Bogarts. I would take Bogarts, but, you know, by the time I think of it, he'll be long gone. Okay.
0: So let's go to a Heath Bus now. Eric Hosmer was the number six first baseman in points and Roto. In 2016, he was 13th in points, 11th in Roto. In 2015, he was 7th in points in Roto. So he's been, you know, 7th. Third, twelfth, seventh, twelfth, sixth at first base among currently first base eligible players.
3: You should just keep going back because it goes every other year like that because Eric Hosmer is an every other year player. Sure is. Uh, his, uh, weighted runs created to go 113, 80, 120, 98, 124, 102, 135. It's getting better though. Oh, one, we got a 110. 80 to 98, 102. It's going to be like 104 next year. I, I think we might get a 107, 108. I think he's a, an above-average hitter. Um, he still can't hit fly balls to right field, which would be nice because he does hit the ball very hard. Um, but he mostly hits the ball hard when he hits it the other way. The 22.5 home run to fly ball rate, not sustainable with a 29% hard contact rate. Eric Hosmer is, I feel the same way... Like, did I give you Jonathan Scope? Am I going to no. make the same argument for two guys? Because I yeah, think I might.
0: You didn't give me him, but go ahead. You can work it. They made. both
3: play a ton of games. They both just likely had their career year. They're both very good, and I'd be happy to have them as my... If I took them as the 10th first or second baseman or the 11th first or second baseman off the board, that would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have that opportunity.
1: I wouldn't even take Hosmer as the 10th first baseman. Like, even while admitting that I... Like, just flat-out missed on him, and he was better than, than I yes, thought swing he was again. last year. I just <laughs> I just don't think there's the upside there at a position where upside is so important. 25 home runs, two straight years, and those are his
0: career highs. For Eric Cosmer you just don't know if you're going to get a great batting average season or not because it's the batting average also that fluctuates every single year. 292-232, 302-270, 297-266, 318 last year. You just don't and know. And it's
3: looking more and more likely that he's going to be back on the Royals, which could be, other than him, one of the worst offenses in baseball.
1: Yeah, I just think, um like, if you gave both Justin Boer and Eric Hosmer 155 games,
3: well, Justin I hurt be hurt
1: think I'd rather have Justin Boer. But what I'm saying is that I might rather stream first base than invest what I need to to draft Eric Hosmer. Hosmer went... In round seven, one pick
0: before Xander Bogarts. That's, I mean, middle of round seven for Hosmer seems pretty early. And then after that, you had Travis Shaw's not first base eligible, is he? No. Who was the next first baseman off the board? It'd been a long time before we get one, I think. Um, wow. It's like three rounds. I don't know. Who is it? Olsen? I, not I, I might be it's... missing someone.
1: Uh, but yeah, it is Matt Olson. Matt Olson? round 12. Holy the, cow, five he's rounds? He's the next natural first baseman. There might be first base eligible players. I don't, I I don't think, think so. I think I'd rather have Matt Olson. I'd rather have Matt Carpenter.
2: I'm, I'm not as down on Hosmer as these guys. I mean, I, I'm not really going to mount a passionate defense for him because I don't love him. But he was on my bust list last year for the same reasons they're citing, and I feel like he showed me. I would love
0: to have Hosmer as my corner infielder in a roto league. After luck. Got you better, draft, but no, you better right. draft
3: two first basemen you in the first six rounds. Can't do
0: it anymore. Can't do it. That's the point. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> I'd like him in the 11th or 12th round.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh Danny Duffy, another royal. Danny Duffy is on Heath's bust list. He had a 381 ERA, 1.26 whip. And uh, he, before that, you know, he's had great stretches in his career. But Danny Duffy for you is a bust, and I just want to tell you where he went. Uh, end of round 11 in the 12 team league that we just did. Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy
3: is one of the players that, um, before I really dug into anything, I had just kind of plugged in as a top 30, 35 starting pitcher and just didn't really think much about it. And then when I got to actually looking at his career, my thought was, why? What do you expect that Danny Duffy is going to do for you? And. He's not a guy, an innings eater. He's never thrown more than 179 innings in his professional career. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He's only struck out more than eight batters per nine once in his entire career. He is a fly ball pitcher that has greatly benefited from having Lorenzo Cain, Alex Gordon, Gerard Dyson, the best one of the best defensive outfields in baseball over the last five years. Most of those guys are gone now. I I don't know. And he's not going to get a bunch of wins because he's going to be pitching on a last place team. So I, I have a hard time seeing how Danny. And, he, and he's not a spectacular ERA guy. His best ERA is three five one as a starting pitcher.
2: Oh, oh I, can I tell you? Can I tell you what what distinguishes him from other pitchers with those peripherals? Because you said he's not an innings eater, and in terms of total innings, that's true. Right. Uh, you asked me a question recently. Um, what makes Danny Duffy different from Drew Pomeranz because, you know, just in terms of ERA with what they did last year, it looks similar. Well, the difference is the Red Sox treat Pomeranz like a fifth starter in that I think he only went seven innings one time last year. The Royals treat Danny Duffy like an ace. He went seven innings, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, nine times in less than a full season's work. So the reason he wasn't an innings eater wasn't because his team won't let him be an innings eater. He just happened to miss time with an injury. And and that's an important distinction because, obviously, when a guy's on the DL with an injury, you're plugging a fill-in in. When he's healthy, uh, he's more impactful than other pitchers with similar ERAs and whips because not many pitchers are allowed to pitch that deep into games anymore. Do you not think he's a bust, Scott, Danny Duffy? I don't think he's a bust. I think he's a fine number three starter in fantasy. I guess the
0: other thing is, like, he, he wasn't very good last year. But he he was completely he had a completely dominant stretch, Danny Duffy in 2016. He looked like an emerging ace. He had a 16 start stretch with a 250 ERA. He went 11 and one. He struck out just more than a batter per inning, and then he fizzled last seven starts of 2016 a 637 ERA, 12 homers in 41 innings. And maybe you thought, I don't know, did the workload get to him because he was a converted reliever? But last year it wasn't really that good. So what what do you like about
2: Danny Duffy as a number three guy? He wasn't that good, but no. not that many pitchers are good, you know. He, I, I think, I think innings are the ultimate uh, market efficiency in pitching right now because we've kind of uh, the, the fantasy baseball world is woke to the idea that um, strikeout, get missing bats, avoiding walks, limiting home runs are what make for a great pitcher in fantasy. So it's hard to. It's hard to get any kind of advantage paying attention to those things. Everybody knows it. Um, but I don't think everybody's caught up to the idea that we're just not making aces anymore. You know, I've, I know Luis Severino happened last year, but not nearly with the predictability of in the past. So you find a guy who pitches deep into games like Duffy does and he's decent. He's valuable.
0: Uh, was he decent? Is 380 with a 1.26 whip and, Eight
1: strikeouts yes. per nine, decent. Yes. Well, and he, this is a – his swinging strike rate was very healthy, 11.4%. That's very good for a starting pitcher. Uh, that indicates that there could be strikeout regression coming, and I'll kind of make the same argument I, like I good did regression. about Dallas Keuchel yeah. or about Xander Bogarts. We give certain guys credit for pitching through injuries this, Okay, but, that we don't give other people. This Duffy is, this is another same, quote. The same from being, level as those guys. But this is the, another quote. Like from his from best Duffy. case is not as good as those guys. I don't agree that his best case is he- not as good as Dallas Keuchel's. Oh, I, I don't want this I, guy I, had to suggest it would be. Quote, it feels really, really great. Honestly, I had forgotten what it felt like to throw without any pain or discomfort. Apparently, the, the Royals trainer had been telling him to get surgery uh, on his elbow for a while, and he was trying to play through the pain. Now – I don't know if that means he's going to be good next year. I'm just saying that we give certain players the benefit of the doubt on that, and we aren't doing that for Danny Duffy, and maybe we should. Okay,
3: okay so maybe he will be 179 innings with a 3-5 ERA mm-hmm. and win half of his starts and will be worth his
1: ADP. I don't think that's his ceiling. Like He threw 179 innings with a third of his appearances coming out of the bullpen. That's true.
0: Alright, let's, uh, let's move on to another bus. Go to Scott's bus list. Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb, uh, two straight years is a top 12 third baseman. Last year he was a top 7 third baseman. And two straight years with pretty similar slash lines. 249 batting average, 248 batting average. Uh, the on-base percentage was different. He walked a lot more last year, but he slugged 509 in 2016, 487 in 2017. He hit about 30 home runs each year. Uh, I guess Scott, what I would—and not that I'm saying that I disagree—but let me just frame it like this: If Jake Lamb hits 250 with 30 home runs, which he's done two years in a row, right? Yeah, right, right around there. Uh Doesn't that mean he'll be a top 12 third baseman?
2: Not necessarily, because I think there are legit playing time concerns now too. Um, you know, the last couple years, Lamb has faked us out. Thinking he was, you know, breaking out, becoming a fantasy stud in the first half to only to completely disappear in the second half. And I don't necessarily make anything of the first half, second half split, but what I do make of that is that he was unable to sustain that level of production over a full season. And it's not surprising because he is so bad against left-handed pitchers. 144 with a 557 OPS last year, um, and the previous year. Against left-handers, 164, 625 OPS. So bad against left-handers that he has to be an MVP-caliber player against righties. And he is. Who be that high end? Well, he, not over a full season. No, in the first halves he was, but it, it's just, you know, he can't sustain those BABIPs. He can't sustain that power production. It's it's it was a mirage. And frankly, the Diamondbacks, the newly contending Diamondbacks, got sick of it last year. Last two months of last season, Lamb hardly played against left-handers. So now you're talking about a platoon player, a, a kind of a glorified Lonnie Chisenhall, And I don't think he deserves to be drafted on nearly the level he is. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And maybe he's a guy that you start some weeks and sit other weeks, uh, you know, depending on how many lefties are on the schedule. But let me just see where Jake Lamb went. He went, uh, well, he, he took him with the first pick of the 16th round. In a
2: 12-team league,
3: but that's a, that's how could okay he deliver value, value there? No, no that's, that's okay, good. But
2: I'm I'm fine with that. Um, but he is being ranked con- the consensus ranking on Fan Fantasy Pros is much higher. That that was you know like you said at the top of the show, Adam. We don't have ADP data yet, mm-hmm. so that was kind
3: of what I was using instead. He is the number 13 third baseman on Fantasy Pros right now. But what is his, I think what I have him at is 13th. What what? Is, where is he going overall? Uh, it's 90th, but that is <laughs> changed by the fact that. Um, fantasy pros rankings are considering one catcher, three outfielder leagues, I believe. That's, that doesn't make sense. No, outfielders and catchers, there are a lot of outfielders and catchers that should be drafted ahead of him that we will draft ahead of him that are not ranked ahead of him. It's for three outfielder leagues. I I know it's for one catcher. I
2: believe it is also
3: for three outfielder leagues.
2: Plays in a three outfielder roto league. A
0: lot of, a lot of people on Yahoo play in three outfielder, I believe ESPN is also, right? Well, it's head-to-head categories, you know, it's, which, well, so. Well, you know, even,
2: even, like.
0: Well, let me give, let me give you some I, names. I think
2: there's a good chance Eugenio Suarez is better. Like, I, I know I probably have Lamb ranked about 13th amongst third baseman as well, because I'm factoring in the upside. You do not. You have, but, like, 17th. Oh, okay. Well, good. I don't have to, I don't have to have that awkward defense then. <laughs> let me give
0: you some <laughs> names real quick. Would you rather have Kyle Seeger or Jake Lamb? Lamb. Seeger. Seeger. Would you rather have Lamb or Beltre?
2: Beltre. Lamb. Okay, Chris said Beltray. I heard that, what yeah.
0: Quietly. Uh, all right. I'll give you guys one minute each for one more bust. Scott, you can choose John Lester or Ryan Zimmerman. Heath, you can choose Marcel. Oh, no, we already talked those. so you'll do Alex Wood. Uh, Scott,
2: Lester or Zimmerman, one minute. Okay, let's go with Zimmerman. Um and uh, I feel like it might be obvious, but relative to, like, the Justin Smokes of the world, it seems like he's being favored uh, among the, indus- uh, the industry types. So here- here's the deal with Zimmerman. Yes, he was healthy last year, but no, it shouldn't have led to the Miguel Cabrera and his prime-type numbers we saw the first two <laughs> years, and ultimately it didn't. The second half, he hit two sixty nine with 17 home runs, which is still valuable in fantasy, but it's not a standout at first base. And then there's, oh, yeah, a likelihood he gets hurt again, misses two-thirds of the season. No thanks.
0: Yeah, I'll further that. First 30 games, he had a 1382 OPS. Last 114 games for Ryan Zimmerman, he had a respectable 813 OPS. I don't know that that's going to get it done at first base. And he had, within those 20 weeks, 20 fantasy weeks, not including the All-Star Game week, only five good weeks. Only five weeks with more than 20 fantasy points. Only three weeks with more than 22 fantasy points. Uh, he's mostly, he was mostly useless during the last 20 weeks of the season. Heath, uh, Alex Wood.
3: Yeah, Alex Wood, um, in that situation on the Dodgers where you have to expect at least two fraudulent 10 day DL stints to save his arm. So you're looking at probably a 170 inning guy that strikes out about a batter per inning. His, he outperformed his FIP by just over a half a run last year. And a lot of his value came from the fact that he went 16-3, and which you should not expect him to repeat.
0: Alex Wood went with the last pick of round 10. Chris, would you rather have any of these pitchers that went after Alex Wood? Marcus Stroman, uh, Danny
1: Duffy, Jose Barrios. Uh, maybe Stroman. That's probably the only one.
3: I would rather have Stroman and Barrios, but not Duffy.
0: I think... True or false, guys? I th- well, it's true that I think it, but true or false, Marcus Stroman is the starting pitcher with perhaps the biggest difference in value points versus Roto. He is, yes, yeah, right.
1: True,
3: true. Yeah. I was going to say there. Marcus Stroman is the pitcher with the smallest difference between his floor and his ceiling.
1: Well, maybe I think I think both of those can be true. Um, I also still think there there's. Room for him to break out and have like a Dallas Keuchel season where he, you know, jumps up into the eight to eight and a half strikeouts per nine range mm-hmm. and ends up being, you know, one of the best starting pitchers in baseball.
2: He is one of the few starting pitchers who competes with Keuchel in terms of ground ball rate. So Maybe when, he'll I, have when a I refer to Keuchel doing things better than any pitcher in baseball, that's what I was referring to.
3: He could have a 260
1: BABIP Okay. Yeah, but can I say one bust? Yeah, yeah, we're we're being too uh we're being too trusting of Whit Merrifield's one good season ever at any level.
2: No, that's I like, don't think the, it was his one good season. Look at what he, he did in he the minors some, in 2016. He had
1: some tw- AAA seasons, but like we're talking like his second, third time at AAA. I tend to discount that when you're in the PCL. His very
3: first time and triple a was his best season in triple a i
2: okay you know it's funny <laughs> heath, heath and i were talking about this uh yesterday because he, you know heath is notorious for the out of nowhere performer just completely disregarding it this yes. year i am and he's not with to w- Witt Witt maryfield and I, I you know i want to doubt with Merrifield too because i was i didn't think he was halfway decent heading into last year and he ends up being the stud second baseman but i'm Failing to find anything in the numbers that would cause me to doubt him. Yeah. I mean, the batting average basically carried over from his rookie season. You know what it we feels knew he like could run. Aled-Miz you Diaz. know what it feels like to
1: me, Aladmis Diaz, Aladmis Diaz. Yeah, like this is exactly what we he's, said. He's a 28 year old. Yes, you're you're right. The first time he was in AAA, he had an 8.47 OPS. His AAA career, and he was old when he did that. He was a 25 year old in the, in the PCL who had an 8.47 OPS. His career AAA OPS is 7.57. And he was old the entire time. He only you're he talking was, about 25 through 27 seasons. Here's the thing: he
3: only had a 784 OPS last year. It, right? Like he didn't you, have that great of an OPS. He sure, only had but a. You,
1: but you wouldn't expect a guy who goes from 757 in the PCL to being 780. At I think end. Major League
3: Baseball is a better
1: offensive environment than the PCL. now. I don't you're agree. Look, I, and he only had a 308 BABIP last year. There, there are there's no
2: reason to doubt his batting average. The BABIP, the strikeout rate. What he did as a rookie when we didn't think he was very good, it was basically identical. There's no reason to doubt the steals potential. It's just the power. How many homers did he hit? 19. 19? But his last stint at AAA, he showed similar power, and he saw a huge jump in fly ball rate from his rookie season to his sophomore season that led to the 19 home runs. I think it was there— he just wasn't interested in doing it like he only and, had a
3: 9% home run to fly ball rate it's
1: yeah hard, it's hard to I, say no that. i i get that we made all of these arguments for a miss diaz who was an absolute nobody had no pedigree but had but very just, like just because I we think were we wrong make, once doesn't it, mean like that's not the only time we were wrong i think <laughs> i think the mistake this, we can make steve pierce when looking at those batted ball data you get we, we get really granular and we tend to think that because these make up a player's performance, we tend to think that they reflect skill. They reflect skill better than just batting average and home runs and RBI. But those skill fluctuates. Performance fluctuates. We saw it last year with guys like Justin Smoke and Logan Morrison, guys who we looked at the bat at Ball data and we were like, wow, this looks real. Yonder Alonzo. There are Second half, considerable differences
3: between Merrifield and Lebes Diaz. And another mistake why? we can make. Wait, why? Aledmas um, Diaz had a home run to fly ball rate that was thirteen percent with mm-hmm. the same hard contact rate basically mm-hmm. as Whit Merrifield.
1: In so, fact, if Aledmas Diaz's home run to fly ball rate had dropped to nine percent, he would have still been pretty good. He was seven point seven.
3: That's what you're talking two more home runs.
1: I I'm not sure what the exact number is. Like it
3: it wouldn't be that big of a difference. Like, but we, and it, the other thing is like this is an anecdotal thing that you're doing that. Look at this guy that had a similar that's, thing. No, that's just no.
1: That's just the one example. That's the high profile example it's, I can state. It's, it's about, anecdotal, but it's it's based. It we're buying in based on a limited track record. Agreed. And we're, although it's thirty percent more plate appearances than Diaz,
3: <laughs> yes. So it,
1: it's a bigger sample size. Aladnis Diaz is not the only example of this. There are other players that we have bought into. I'm I'm saying that the but underlying. I, quote unquote skill based stats, we we tend to assume that they represent skill. They represent performance, which is different than skill. Okay. Skill and performance are related. Here's
2: what we'll do. They I, come closer to
1: representing skill than anything else. Sure, we have but to go skill on, and, and performance so, yes,
2: fluctuate Elesmus Diaz probably isn't the only example. It probably won't be the last example, but there are plenty of examples where assessing this data has paid off.
1: I just want to put my flag down and say that Whitmerfield's going to be a bust. Fine, good. Now, here's what we'll do. I think two shows next week. One of them,
0: maybe both. Uh, maybe we can do both in one show. One of them is going to have to talk about the sophomore slump. We got to investigate that, see what happens, see, you know, see uh, if we can predict anything. The other one's got to investigate these one year wonder things, these one hit wonders, whatever, and how many of them were good the next year and how many weren't. Uh, so we got to come up with some names and we got to do some digging, some research, and see what we can find. And we got to get out of here because the Pick Six Podcast needs the studio. So. Uh, for, for Heath, for Scott, for Chris, I am Adam. Have a great weekend everybody. We will talk to you most likely on Monday. If not Monday, then Tuesday. See you then.